it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to Heard at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Heard at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also live on KFOR in Lincoln for this third hour. And we are brought to you by our friends at the Warhorse Sportsbook. If you want to put in some of those plays that our guy B. Edwards just gave you, make sure you get to Warhorse Sportsbook. You can go to the casino in Lincoln or Horseman's Park in Omaha, 6303 Q Street. And starting tomorrow, you can start earning entries. Why, why you say it like that? Tomorrow. <laughs> because you can start earning entries into the Million Dollar Perfect Bracket Challenge. One million dollars uh, for the Perfect Bracket Challenge with Warhorse Sportsbook. Every $50 sportsbook wager or ticket for $50 or more gets you an entry. You have to be a Warhorse Rewards member to for those entries to qualify you into the Bracket Challenge. That's between tomorrow, tomorrow, and March 14th. That's before the tournament starts to get your entries. So rack up those entries, try and pick a perfect bracket, see if you can win a million dollars. Even if you don't get a perfect bracket, you can still win up to $10,000 in prizes uh, for the top brackets. Make sure you go to warhorsecasino.com for a full list of details and rules. See if you can win yourself a million dollars with a perfect bracket. Uh, Joining us now on that Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline, our good friend, although after last week, I don't know if we're still good friends, <laughs> Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. What's going on, man? Nothing. What's up? Bruncey, how we doing, buddy? We good? Not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Bruncey, we've been uh, arguing about Bo Jackson for a full week. That's not true. No, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I am not. <laughs> My man L2 over here is. You get dragged into the... Uh, you get dragged into the fray every once in a while, but uh, you know I'm gonna like I said I'll die on that hill, and I just didn't realize I'd be dying all week. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's 
like I said last week, it's a very interesting take. Brunsey, per usual with you, we're going to we're going to hit it all. We're going to bounce around a little bit. It may be a little major league. There's certainly going to be college baseball. There's certainly going to be basketball. Um, and there's going to be some football. But I'm going to start right in your very own backyard with recruiting. So I think a year ago um, we were talking and we're like, oh, my gosh, they have to do something with December in this signing period. It's too much. Coaches are complaining. They're never around. They can't get ready for a bowl game. You Maybe it, it comes up. The, the last handful of days that you could have multiple signing periods, it was kind of lu- – at least the guys that I talked to was received fairly lukewarm. We know December is messy. You have to fix it a little. Maybe you keep February. But this whole summer thing, it gave me Bo Pelini vibes, mm. and people thought he was nuts. Where'd you land on everybody's pushback – or acceptance of some pr- potential changes. Right there. Yeah, it, it. I think. I think in order to kind of. Uh, kind of really dive into it, I think it kind of matters what kind of program you're in. Right? Okay. Okay. I've talked to a few personnel folks uh, in the last 24 hours, just kind of seeing what I was missing. Like, what, what's what, what, what angles am I not seeing here? And. I, I think I think you're right. Like I think I think the December change and actually having December as a dead period, the people I talked to were like, okay, that makes sense to us because essentially you're you're just babysitting recruits at that point. Yep. And your head coach is flying around the country having meals in homes and things like that. Um, I mean, you're setting the table a little bit for the the, the classes ahead too, but you do that more in January now, but. The, the December thing, they were kind of like, okay, this, this makes sense to us. Like, you, you don't get a ton done there anyways. Most of your class is already in the in the fold anyways and not going anywhere. So all, that's okay. Um, June's going to be fascinating because I think depending on what kind of a program you see yourself as, that's going to de- that that's going to decide how you treat that June. Um, signing window or you know at the, end, at the end of the summer like I think if you're a program like let's say South Dakota State or you know uh, an FCS program or you know a, a program where you're really you're, you're really you feel like you're really good at evaluating you can, you can kind of find guys early that, that other programs might have missed I think there's there's definitely an advantage to being able to sign a kid and, and lock him in in June before everybody else kind of figures out what's going on. Um, I'll be interested to kind of see the discussions that happen between recruits and, and coaching staffs now because let's say you commit early, but maybe you want to take a, a visit or two in the fall. Yeah. Then the question is, is are, are you actually committed if you're not going to sign in June? And it's like, well... That's pretty early, um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I I still don't know what I mean. What are we going to do for for coaching changes? I mean, right now, if you're if you're on a roster, you get the thirty day window. When if a head coach leaves or gets fired, you had thirty coaches change jobs this past cycle. I mean, it, it's it's really tough, I think, and kind of cr- creates more issues for what you're going to do in November. Let's say if all of a sudden the coach leaves to take another job and you've been signed for the last five months. And I know 
yeah, ever you know you you commit to a school, blah blah blah. Um, but that's that, that's not really the case in a lot of situations. You're you're usually committing to a head coach, usually committing to uh, a position coach too that, that that you like. So I think that was kind of the the big one that I kept hearing was like, okay, what what are you going to do in that situation? Because that that seems like it's going to be just an absolute mess for guys that have been um, if they choose to sign in June. I don't. I, I might be wrong. I, I don't foresee a lot of the, you know, the blue chip guys, the you know, the the mid four stars, those, those types of guys. I just don't see them signing in June. Like I, I, I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I've been wrong, but it. Uh, I, I think the June window. There's a lot of questions about. Yeah, I can tell you right now. Like it just, the one that I have intimate knowledge of right now, and Christian Jones. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Right, like. He's not. There's no way he would sign in June. Uh, but well, it, and, but why would you? I mean, I mean, if, if you're, I mean, you know how college coaching is. I oh mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you're you're putting a lot of faith in somebody that they're going to stay put, and I, I think sometimes that's uh, that that's a really tough bet to make as a as a you know 18 year old kid. Let, let me ask you this, Bruncey, because I didn't see this coming the second part of this coming, but I remember when the transfer portal thing and the one-time transfer thing, I, you know, I got behind the mic and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, oh, this is fine, right? It, it's whatever, because I thought the un- unintended consequence was it would build coaching accountability too. It would force coaches to be who they said they were when they were recruiting guys if you didn't want guys to leave. Now, full disclosure, obviously, I didn't know about NIL was going to turn out to be what it was because it wasn't even a thing yet. Right. When you're looking at this and the signing periods, the NIL, the um, uh, the the coaching carousel, the portal, do you think we could go the other way with coaches where they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a lot more careful about the guys that I recruit and try the preventative measure versus uh, – I'm going to have to learn to play the game. This is the way that it's moving. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a uh, – I, I think there's a, that's an approach. I mean, I, I think you're going to see some programs go that way. Of, you may you know, miss out on some top, top-end guys, but I don't also want to assume that top, top-end guys don't have any character either, right? Like they're not of, of well, it's, you know like, – yeah, I get your point. I mean, and it, and sometimes it's not even a, a character thing, right? Like, I mean, if if you think a guy just through the evaluation process, if you think a guy is a good football player, but you want to be more convicted in your evaluation of a kid, I mean, you're you're going to want to take time. I mean, you're going to want to see track numbers to know if you know a, a guy's truly a, a good athlete or if he's just kind of an okay football player. Um, you know. There's programs, um, you know, one pretty close by that I, I think sees a lot of value in senior film. And, you know, oh, are yeah. you going to, how many programs are you going to see save five spots yeah. or in, for, for senior film guys, even if you have a bulk of your class wrapped up in June? I mean, I, I think I think your point is, is a good one because I think at some point with everything – you know, going on in college football now, um, I, I think sometimes a little bit more patience allows you to maybe minimize mistakes. I, I think I think a lot of programs that can, you know, get in the portal and 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 get active that way, 
you, you can kind of erase some of those mistakes pretty quickly. But I think they're, like I said, it kind of depends where you're talking from. And there's some programs in college football that, that are going to have to be more patient and make sure that they're, they're you know, really kind of going through their process and not just taking risks on guys. We're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker 24-7. Uh, um, really good stuff there on some of the dynamics of that signing period and, and when guys commit. Yeah, it, it, Brunts, it feels to me like these proposals are often focused on making the coach's life easier as opposed to maybe giving the players what's best for them. But isn't, isn't the transfers one of the consequences we've seen of that, where if you're just try, constantly trying to make the coach's life easier and not the player's life better, then guys are going to leave because they were sort of sold a bill of goods? Am I making too much of a stretch there? Uh, no, I, I think that, that's, that's maybe the case in some situations. I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you kind of factor in everything else, you know, with with NIL and stuff like that. I mean, I, I think there's probably a little bit more power in the hands of the players too, um, from that way rather than you know what what the NCAA is legislating or talking about doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I, I I was kind of fascinated to see when the summer deadline was going to be because yeah. I saw some people say, well, do it in August, and it's like, well, you know. <laughs> There's like a two-week window in July, which is like the only time off that coaches have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, late June makes sense to me. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting push and pull with, you know, what, what what's more beneficial to players, what's more beneficial to, to the coaches. I, I think a lot of times uh, th- those aren't necessarily the same things. I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm also – you know, you, you think back to some of the changes that have been made and, you know, the, the changes don't happen in a vacuum, but it feels like they do sometimes where it's like, we're going to make this change. We're going to kind of see what happens, what the unintended consequences are here, and then we'll we'll adjust. So like, I, I just I don't know what the perfect answer is um, to a lot of those questions. And, it, you know, even with this, you know, with, with the earlier window in June, I wonder if that speeds up recruitments even more like. You know, you you are you obviously have guys who are getting offers as freshmen and sophomores now, but are our programs going to see, you know, okay, we we've got a we've got an offer, we gotta get in the in the door and start building this relationship even faster than we were before. Yeah. I I don't know if that's maybe an offshoot too there. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Let me fast forward. Uh decent series. I mean College of Charleston um, should tell you a little. They get to reset the rotation in a similar fashion. Are you looking for uh, – are you starting on the, the the mound to see if there's continuation, if this is going to be a thing with four-game sets, and can we kind of settle in? Or is it – and we heard Coach Bolt talk about this. I thought I was premature, or I thought my buddy was premature, Aaron, when he was mad about all the strikeouts. But it is something that, that Coach Bolt is addressing out loud. Are you looking at approaches to the plate now, even though Coach Bull was pretty specific about giving stats and hitting with two strikes and things of that nature this week? What are you – what's your eye gravitating towards? Yeah, the the the, the strikeout thing is concerning because, I mean – well, Did know, the, the 250, 267 thing catch you? Like, were you like, huh? 
he's got some yeah. guys in his department. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're they're not they're not blind to anything that's going on over there. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't check his math on this, but well, he said I mean, it, it so casually, he gave you the yeah. impression he was right. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, you don't just pull that out of nowhere. But uh, I, I think you know that the the strikeouts are a concern. I mean, to me, it's more about you know productive outs too. I mean, are you moving guys over? Are you you putting the ball in play? I mean, it, you think about too with the way that this roster is constructed. I mean, this this is a roster that I think is more. We're going to put the ball in play. We've got some guys that can run a little bit, and we're going to try to force the issue and make you make mistakes. And it's hard to do that when you're striking out uh, as much as they have been. And I, I think he's right, though. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, are, are you going up there being aggressive and, and, you know, trying to take advantage of pitches early in the count? And they, I think they did a better job of that against Grand Canyon. And, you know, the, the other point that he made was like, look, we're, we scored double-digit runs down there, um, striking out that much. You know, the, the, they can kind of live with that at some point. But the problem is, is when you're – you know, you're scoring three runs, striking out 13 times. Like that's just not a recipe to beat anybody. And, but I, I, I think you know, bigger picture. I'm, I'm kind of eager to see if, you know, you can get get off to a good start again uh, with with Christo and Sears. I mean, I, I think that that could be a pretty good look on a weekend if you can get those guys pitching with consistency. I think Sears will. Uh, we'll see if Christo can get there. But, um, you know, th- this is the last four four gamer for a while. I think so. Um, you'll at least be able to, to kind of settle in and, and kind of figure out who you're going to drop from that rotation. But I, you go back to last weekend, I mean, the, the, you have to feel pretty pleased with that bullpen given they didn't have two of their top arms all yeah. weekend. 100%. And still were able to play matchup in, in the ninth inning of a, a, the fourth game of a four-game series. You know, and it's funny, too, because it's one of those things where I, I'm glad you, you, we get a chance to watch because if you just look at the stats, you probably think – Oh, Sunday got a little messy. What they erased, whatever the lead was, six or seven runs. But once that went away, and you got to the actual like bully session or the bullpen, it was actually pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I mean Worthley came in and gave them three really good innings, which they desperately needed. Um, yeah, you talk about a cut stopper. Even Thursday night, I mean. They they go from Christo straight to Tyner Horan and he throws three innings of, of uh, relief and you don't have to get into your bullpen more than that. That probably set him up better than anything on the weekend was was just uh, the the opening night kind of being able to coast a little bit. So um, yeah, you have to remember. I mean, this is a, a bullpen last year where it was like, okay, we you got to go get Shannon and hope he gives you two or three innings. Yeah, and you know in in the the fourth game against Grand Canyon, you go to Grant Clevenger, who's throwing 93 from the left-hand side with a good slider. Like, you didn't have that that uh, luxury last season. And I, I think those those types of programs that have bullpen depth, I mean, that that's those are the teams that you're going to see later in the season have a lot of success. So we'll see if they can, can keep that up. But, I mean, I, I think you really saw the depth of their pitching this past weekend, it always shows up in four-game series, whether you have it or not. But uh, I think they were pretty encouraged by everything, especially considering they didn't have dice or Freilich available. 
We're talking with Michael Bruns, Husker 24-7. Uh, Brunsy, let's switch gears here to uh, Husker men's basketball. Why not stretch you, Brunsy? Well, I mean, I mean hey, listen. Yeah. I mean, why not? you got to get your I'm yoga limber, game right. Limber. Get a nice, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> You lived in California oh, for a while. Oh, flexi Lexi over there. You lived there. in California for a while. I'm sure you did some yoga. Um, Brunson. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even recognize what we're doing. Uh, Brunson, obviously, Nebraska goes no, on the road. No stereotypes here, Brunson. To no, Ohio. No, yeah, Oakland is known for yoga. <laughs> How in the I mean, could you just see too short in the downward facing dog? I mean, come on, MC Hammer, why not? I mean, listen, the soundtrack might be a little different, but uh, (laughs) what is wrong with you? Happy Black History Month. Oh, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think we lost DB. Um, So they go and play Ohio State tonight. Bruncey, um, how are you feeling? It it doesn't feel like a quad one opportunity, but it is. It's a quad one opportunity to get a win, (laughs) another win on the road. Uh, Nebraska obviously on a four-game winning streak. Not really sure what to make of Ohio State, though, at this point with their little run. They've played a little better, I guess, under Diebler since Chris Holtman got fired. How how are you anticipating this game to go tonight? Yeah, it's a – it's, it's scarier than what you would have thought a couple weeks ago. I mean, yeah. You see them b- bounce their head coach, and you're like, okay, this is you can kind of coast to the, the end here. I mean, you, and then you've got Michigan that you know is, is struggling also in their coaching situation. But I mean, Ohio State's a talented team. They've been a talented team, and mm-hmm. it seems like they've been able to kind of get a little spark from from the uh, the dismissal. So. You know, Nebraska's going to have to rebound. They're going to have to, to, to play tough defense. I mean, that, that's the, the two things I immediately go to. But it, it, just with the records involved, it doesn't seem like it's a house money game, but it, it feels like a house money game a little bit to me just because it's a road game. It's a great opportunity for a quad one. But I'm, at least in the eyes of the people that matter, I don't know that it, you know, you would look at this and say, this is the one we absolutely have to get. You mm. know what I mean? Like, like if you finish two and one over the last three, you'd feel okay, you know, if, if you you drop this one. But at the same time, I mean, it it, it really would be a really nice um, capper on a good run here in February if they can get it done. So, you know, to me, it's just you know, can you can you play tough defense? Can you rebound? And I think they'll be okay. I mean, I think they've got enough offense where they can they can take care of Ohio State. But um, definitely a game where I. I feels to me like it's more about Nebraska and how they come into this one uh, than what Ohio State's doing. Um, let's 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 get in the tree of trust. Who do you trust more, Wisconsin or Iowa? Hmm. Oh, uh, I would probably say Wisconsin fairly. Um, I don't know, like <laughs> both. That's a good question. I'm glad we're in the tree here. It's just just the three of us. Um, <laughs> four. We got Shane. Shane's here. Oh yeah. Sorry. Shane. You know he's not. Li- he's, don't worry. He's not listening. I really got to be careful on what I say about that. So <laughs> didn't see you there. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think uh, I would probably lean Wisconsin ever so slightly um, than, than Iowa. Iowa just feels a little bit more a little bit more volatile in, in kind of the ups and downs than maybe Wisconsin, but not by much. Who do you trust more, Nebraska or Northwestern? Uh, I would say Nebraska. Hmm. I think 
I think I think when Nebraska's playing well, I think they're they're a better team than Northwestern. Who do you trust? Who do you trust more, Maryland or Michigan State? Uh, well, you got to go Izzo, right? That, like that's the. Do you? You, want, <laughs> you guys just continuing to stack double-digit loss seasons? Like I guess. <laughs> no, that's my point. Like they're just getting waxed. It's like, oh, they'll get it turned around. It's it's almost March. It's Izzo. They're, they got that final kick. Uh, I, that that was a joke. Uh, I, I would I would probably lean. Uh, I'd probably lean Maryland. Here's why I would go Maryland with a little bit more trust here. I think they play the way that they play is enough of a change up from what teams see night to night that, that I think that that gives them a little bit of an advantage. So I, I would say I, I'm going against everything that I'm supposed to do as somebody that watches college basketball, and I'm gonna I'm gonna not say Izzo this is, time of year. Is Nebraska the recipient of a double buy? Yes. Oh, yeah. emphatically. Okay. They are. They, I, I, just kind of looking around at, at other schedules <laughs> and what's out there for the last three. I think, I think Nebraska's got the uh, – I think they've got the final kick to get that double buy. It's kind of taking the old look-see, huh, bro? Yeah, no, just, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like counting surveying crows, what's going around. on around here. Uh, that's just, my... <laughs> uh, late at night, flipping through the phone, seeing what Illinois has got coming down the stretch. <laughs> hey, Illinois, you Fantastic, up? Uh, that's Michael Brunts, Husker 24-7. Bruncey, we appreciate it as always. Thanks, guys. Kind of taking a look around. Coming up next, see we'll what's get, out there. We'll get into something. Lord knows what it'll be. Trouble, probably. Sports Radio.